as you're turning to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Thank you, praise team, for reminding us of why we were made. That we can bring honor and praise and glory to the God who made us. The God who made the stars and the sun, who made the mountains and the oceans, who made everything that's beautiful to us, all to worship him that he made us to worship. And I want to commend you as the Apostle Paul is commending the Thessalonian church, I want to commend you for coming together this morning in whatever format you've come, whether setting aside time at home to join us or coming here uh, to worship together in person. I want to commend you for coming to worship the Lord in spite of the difficulties that you might have faced this past week that you don't completely understand, that you came anyway, because you trust the God who saved you or the God that you're looking into, that you're finding out about, that you trust that he, in spite of what you've gone through, and maybe in spite of what you're going through right now, that he has a plan and that you can still worship him, even though you might not completely understand exactly what he's doing and why he's doing it at this time in your life or in your family's life or in your country's life or in the life of this world. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. Verse 4 again. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. The Apostle Paul was proud of the church that he had the opportunity, along with Silas and Timothy, to, to plant in Thessalonica, Greece. He was proud of that church. Not because you couldn't believe the structure they built to worship in. It doesn't mention that. In fact, they may, never, they, may, they may never have built a structure. We don't know. He wasn't proud of them because of, the, of their engineers within their congregation that, that were able to, to do that. He didn't, he didn't boast about them. He wasn't proud of them because of the number of disciples that, that joined together that, that they were able to reach in that city. And, and that they could boast that that, that, that was the biggest church in, in all of Greece. Or, or maybe even of all of the Roman Empire. He, didn't, he wasn't excited for them because of that. 
We don't know how big they were. We don't know how many disciples had gathered together and, and had been drawn to Christ and put their trust in Christ in Thessalonica at this early stage in that church's history. What he was proud of, what he was thankful for, was the fact that in spite of severe difficulty and trial, tribulations, persecutions, they continued to grow in their faith. They continued to figure out ways to express love for each other and to shine brightly for the glory of God in that very, very dark city. In that city that was living in complete and utter rebellion against God, in the middle of that city, God had called together a people. And they continued to believe in him. They continued to trust in him. They continued to serve him by serving each other and others outside the church. But they continued in their faith. They were persevering under grave difficulties. And they continued to believe. Just like you are. Now, your difficulties, and I don't know what each of your difficulties are. We know some of our common difficulties right now. We're all sharing in those. And and that, that makes this a particularly difficult time for our area, for our country makes it a particularly difficult time for us as individuals. There's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, all those kinds of things. And and we're dealing with all of those kind of things on top of all the other stuff that we have to deal with, which are the normal kinds of sufferings that we go through with our health, in our relationships, in our finances, in our jobs, in, in all of these different areas of life. But we continue, and that's why I'm so excited this morning uh, to to see you here, again, wherever you are. Because in spite of those things, like the Thessalonians, you continue on in your faith. You continue on, you continue to persevere and endure the difficulties, the hardships, whatever they might be. And we don't know what lies ahead. Maybe we're going to get some relief. Maybe we're not. We don't know. Mark read this morning in Hebrews chapter 11 about one of the great men of faith that's mentioned in that chapter, Noah. Do you remember how he persevered? He lived in a very, very rough time in a rough neighborhood. In fact, the whole known world was a rough neighborhood. As you read the description about that in Genesis chapter 6, you see that that was a very, very hard time to live, where everybody was violent all of the time. A terrible time, to the point that God decided in his eternal plan that he was going to take Noah, a faithful man, the only faithful man in the world at that time, that he was going to take him and his family, and he was going to, in a sense, start over. And Noah persevered in light, in spite of that difficulty that God had laid on him. You think, difficulty, hey, that's a great blessing, that God's going to save you, even though everybody else is, is, is going to be judged. But do you know what Noah had to do by faith to receive that blessing? 
Do you know how he had to persevere? Do you know what he had to endure? These words that we're thinking about of our, for ourselves this morning? Do you realize what it would have been like to build a huge ship where he lived at the time that he lived? And to take the abuse that he must have taken for obeying God in doing that work over the course of a hundred years? This wasn't a quick kit that he ordered on Amazon and that could be put together, you know, in in two days after, after free shipping. They had to they had to to cut the trees down, have the tre- have the trees moved over to where they were, and and do all the work on those on those timbers and and putting them together and, and designing a ship nowhere near any water. And everybody coming by and saying, "How's it going, Noah?" And remember, it hadn't rained yet, ever. And he's saying he's building this boat to save he and his family and the animals from this flood that's going to come. He continued on and he did it. In spite of all the abuse, in spite of all the ridicule, in spite of all the opposition, he continued on. And he's mentioned now as a man of faith, a man that we're supposed to look to and say that's the kind of faith I want to have that no matter what, I'm going to do what the Lord says. Now, Noah had the Lord talking to him verbally, audibly. We have the Lord talking to us in this wonderful word that he's given us, reminding us of these men of faith, men like Jeremiah. Turn with me to Lamentations chapter 3. Another man with, and, and Lamentations is right after the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah wrote Lamentations. So once you find the big book in the Old Testament of Jeremiah, right after it is Lamentations. Chapter 3. Jeremiah, another man who persevered under grave difficulty. Look at what he says. Verse 14, and and remember, Jeremiah was a prophet. He was a preacher. And never is it recorded in in all of his writing and the the history of Israel, it's never recorded that uh, that his messages were ever appreciated by anybody. You know, I'll regularly have somebody say, Dean, thank you for that. He never got that once. I'll... I love it when somebody, when somebody says, you know something, it seemed like you knew what I was dealing with this week when you said that. And, and I didn't know, okay. But I appreciate that. He never got that one time. Not one time. In fact, this is what he got. Look with me at Lamentations chapter 3, um, verse 14. I became the laughing stock of all my people. They mock me in song all day long. You ever had that happen to you? Probably not. I hope not. Songs written about Jeremiah to be sung to mock him and his message. No appreciation. Instead, hey, I know what we'll do. Let's write a song. Hey, guys, let's, get, let's, let's do a parody on him. And that's what they were doing. 
We don't know what the songs were. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. I don't doubt it. He has filled me with bitter herbs and sated me with gall. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We, we can't imagine what he was going through to be able to write those words. And then to come through whatever it was he was going through. To come through it remembering the faithfulness of God. That's what the Thessalonians were doing. And the Apostle Paul said, I am so proud of you, church, that even though they're mistreating you in Thessalonica, you continue to praise me just like Jeremiah did, just like Noah did, just like some other guys did. Look with me in Daniel. Continue on a little bit further back uh, or toward the end of the the, uh, Old Testament. Daniel chapter 3. And Jeremiah and, and the guys that we're going to look at here in Daniel chapter 3, they're also referred to in, in uh, he, Hebrews chapter 11, although not by name. Daniel chapter 3, verse 12. These three guys, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they were captives in Babylon. They were among those who had been taken when when Jerusalem fell because of the wickedness of Israel, the wickedness of that kingdom, the the people of God had fallen into, into idolatry and all kinds of rebellion against God, and God judged them as he's hit, as he said he would, all the way back under Moses in Deuteronomy. He said that these very things were going to happen, and it was happening, and they were judged, and many of them were carried off into Babylon. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were among them. And one day, the the king of Babylon at that time, Nebuchadnezzar, he was a very uh, egotistical guy, really thought highly of himself, to the point that he had a statue built of himself, a huge statue, and he wanted everybody at this ceremony when they played the, the instruments and the music, he wanted everybody to bow down and worship his statue. And everybody did, except for these three guys. They just kept standing up. And everybody else was bowing down. They just kept standing up. And the report got back to the king, hey, we got these three Jewish guys. They're not, they're not participating. So he, he said, well, I'll, I'll bring them in. We'll take care of it. I'll give them another chance. And he said, listen, guys. We're going to play the music again, and we're going to give you the opportunity then to worship my image. So let's go ahead and have you do that. 
Okay, and then this is, this is what happened in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 12. There were some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. They were leaders in the community, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, You will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Not easy. Not easy to do. The rest of the story, of course, they were thrown in. And that, the king got so mad, he told, the, he told the guards to stoke it even hotter like just a regular furnace wouldn't do the job. It got so hot that the guy stoking it died. They threw him in, and they didn't burn. They knew that God could do that if he wanted to. They didn't know that God was going to do that. But they knew he could. But they didn't care. I mean, they cared. I think they were very glad that they weren't burned up in that fire. They didn't feel that heat. In fact, it's interesting that he goes through the, the, the detail that they didn't even smell like fire when they came out. You know how f- fire smells. You know, some people won't do a campfire just because they hate that smell that they get on their sweaters and their sweatshirts. It's, you know, just a, a little fire smells. Imagine the, the stink of that fire, but no, they didn't, they didn't smell. And of course, we know that as Nebuchadnezzar looked into the fire and saw that they were just standing there talking in this furnace, that there was also a fourth figure in the fire. The fourth figure that we believe was the Lord Jesus himself in a pre-incarnate form, which he did from time to time in the Old Testament, showed up and encouraged him, said, fellas, this was very cool, what you guys have done. This is what I'm talking about. They're going to be talking about you guys for a long time after this. Really, really proud of you guys. Way to go. Now, we don't know exactly what he said. That's, that's one idea, all right? Could have been a lot of things. When Nebuchadnezzar saw that, and he was, a, he was kind of a flippant guy. He, he tossed and turned on, on faith and things of God. But this, here's another occasion where he said, okay, that's a good God right there. <laughs> that's a powerful God. I, was, I misspoke. Nobody messed with these guys or anybody who worships that God because he's a, a unique God. Well, he was right about that. I mentioned these things, these people, 
for the same reason that they're mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. To remind us that like the Thessalonians, we also can live those kinds of lives even when the going is very, very tough. Don't think when things are going rough for us that that's an unusual thing. That is the way it is for the people of God. When you don't do and think, when you don't do the things or think the ways that the people around you do things and think, you're going to face tough times. It's normal for believers. Not just because of our difference from them, but also because of the Lord's plan to grow us in our faith. And that's why the Apostle Paul was so, was so quick to boast of this church in Thessalonica to the other churches. They're going through this incredibly difficult time, maybe more so than some of the other churches around. And he's saying, even though they're going through those things, they continue to grow in their faith. And then the, the Apostle Peter would say things like, faith which is of more value than gold, though refined by fire. Gold, the special, you know, the special stone, the special metal. This, this precious metal that's been worshipped and, and, and revered for all these centuries. Our faith is better than that. And so the difficulties that we go through, the Thessalonians were finding, the difficulties that we go through don't have to stop us from believing. In fact, we can believe even more strongly through the difficulties that we face. As we already saw, as he mentions faith here again, as we saw a couple of weeks ago, He said their faith continued to grow. It wasn't a a stagnant faith. It was a growing faith, even in the face of obstacles, of difficulties, of persecutions. We may never have to face the kind of persecutions that the Thessalonians faced. But whatever we face, whatever difficulty we face, we can grow in our faith and our love, as we saw last week, in spite of it, because God, by his Holy Spirit, and because he's put us in the wonderful body of Christ, we can persevere and endure anything. Anything. The, the hardest, I mean, the things that these folks were going through, the, some, of their, some of their family members being killed, arrested, losing jobs, not being able to buy stuff, all different kinds of difficult. They grew in their faith. They persevered. They continued on even through difficulty. We can do that too. We must do that too. And I want to commend you for continuing to do it. It makes a statement about our God when we continue to trust him, even though we're going through difficulty, difficulties that we sometimes don't even understand. I mean, in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's, Abednego's case, they could say, well, you know, we're, I mean, this is so, clear, so clearly a, a, a breaking of the commandments. We're, we're just not doing this. You know, they, they probably talked among themselves, even in the process, and said, we're just not doing it, guy. We're, we're, you know, and, they, and they probably encouraged each other. But why, why everybody else? Because remember, there were lots of other Jews that were captive too. 
Don't see anything about them. And that doesn't mean all of the Jews were there. We think Daniel, had he been in that circumstance, we think he would have, uh, would, would have stood with them. But he wasn't in that circumstance with them. He, he had his own showdown, his own perseverance. When he was told as president, uh, there's a new rule out. No praying to any other gods besides our king. He didn't say anything, but he just kept praying. And they found out, and you know the story. Like them, he wasn't, unlike them, he wasn't thrown into fire. He was thrown into a, a den of lions that did not eat him. Again, amazing. That's us. That was the Thessalonians. Continuing on in our faith, believing the word of God to be true, even when we're going through difficulties that we can't quite understand. We have these promises that God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Anybody have a reference on that one? Romans 8, 28. It's, it's one that we hang on to regularly. Very similar to the, to the statement that Joseph made to his brothers in Egypt in the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 50. Do you remember that one? The, the brothers were really concerned that now that Joseph, um, that, that their dad died, that Joseph might retaliate for what they did to, for what he, they did to him. You remember what they did to him. They didn't like him. He was a bratty little brother. He's always bragging. He's his daddy's favorite. Made him a special coat. Had dreams about them bowing down before him. And he'd tell them that. Probably wasn't the smartest little brother. Um, lots of little brothers aren't so smart. I'm one of them. They, they sold him. They were going to kill him, but one of the brothers came to the rescue. No, we'll just sell him. Sell him to slavery. And he goes through all this terrible stuff. And then they end up, and he ends up becoming, you know, the, basically the president of Egypt. And they end up having to come to Egypt for food because they're going through a famine. And, again, the story goes on and on. It's a great story. I'd encourage you to read it. Many of you have already read it this year because you're going through the Bible again. And if you haven't started yet, February is a great time to start. Just jump in and do it. But when you get to that part where they're, they're afraid, okay, now the dad's dead. Now he's going to get us back. He sees their fear. He says, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. And for the salvation of many people. Because the, basically, he saved the world by obeying the Lord and, and, and saved up food for, the, for, the, for the, the, all that part of the world. But there he says it. What, what you intended for harm or for evil, God intended for good. We don't always get that. I don't know if Joseph was getting that at, when he was in prison. Now, I don't know if Joseph was getting that when he was in the pit that they threw him into and then the guys, the, the, the slave traders come by and they start treating him like a slave. I don't know if he was getting that, that, that God was going to work this out for good. But over the course of time, he grew in his understanding and then saw what God had done. We don't always get to see it. But because he's given us his word, and this is one of the reasons that we cherish this book so much. We don't worship it, but we use it to worship. Because these true stories of real people encourage us 
to believe even when we don't get it, even when we don't see it, even when we don't understand. We look to these guys and these women and we say, that's how you do it. That's how you believe, even when it's not easy to believe. That's how you continue on, even when you don't understand what God is doing, even when it doesn't make any sense to you or to me. Because I promise you, it didn't make any sense to Joseph why he was being sold. That did not make sense. Now we look at, at Genesis, and especially chapter 50, we say, ah, now we get it. Now we understand it. Job did not understand why what he was going through was going to encourage so many millions of people through the course of history. He didn't get it. His wife particularly didn't get it. You know her line, when the going got tough? Really tough. I mean, I'm not making light of it. It was tough. It was tougher than anything any of us have ever gone through. Losing 10 children in one day. And, and on top of that, all kinds of other stuff. Curse God and die. Curse God and die, Job. Let's just be done with this. Job said, though he slay me, yet I will praise him. That's what the Thessalonians did. That's what we get to do. Even when we don't get it. Even when we don't understand. We know that he is in charge. That he is Lord. That's why we sing these songs. We're not just listen to some cool music. We sing these songs because he is Lord. He does deserve our praise. He does deserve us to continue to believe in him and to honor him and to serve him by our love for each other and others outside of here in spite of the difficulties that we face. Oh, there are times when when I wish I could be, you know, a Jeremiah and just say to you, and this is what Jeremiah said over and over again. He said, and he's usually talking to the king. He said, king, if you would just do right, God would bless you and would honor you and everything would be great. That, that's a short synopsis of what he was telling. Because that's what Moses started out by saying. That's what God told Moses to tell him. Obey me, obey my word, and I'm going to make you all flourish as a, as, a, as a kingdom, as a country. But if you rebel against me, you're going to be judged, and it's going to be bad. I wish I could just tell you, hey, if you all just do a couple of things here, everything's going to just turn out great. But you know what? That's not the message. Jeremiah got to say that because of when he lived and, and, and who he was serving under at that time. In, in Israel. But we in the church, we live in a time when God says that like Jesus suffered, so we also are going to follow in his footsteps. And we're going to grow and be grown through the difficulties that we face. But take heart. You've got the word of God to see how to do it. You've got the Holy Spirit in you to enable you to do it. And you've got the body of Christ around you to encourage you to do it and to pray for you. We can do this. The Thessalonians did it. The men and women of faith in Hebrews 11 
by name and unnamed, did it. The Word of God is full of people who have done it. We know through our own experiences, others who have done it, we also will do it. Now, we don't have an apostle that planted our church to brag about us to other churches, so we'll have to do without that. But we can encourage each other to be that kind of church that the apostle Paul would have been proud of. In fact, he, according to Hebrews chapter 12, is probably among the great cloud of witnesses that's watching, and he, would, and he, and he is genuinely proud of, it, proud of us when we do the things that he tells us to do as God's chosen apostle. We can do this. Don't let anything stop you from doing this. Continue on in your faith. Continue to grow in your faith, in your knowledge of God's word, in your love for each other, in your encouragement for each other, in your prayers for each other. Continue on, and God will shine through us, and he will do amazing things in us and through us. But most of all, we will do what we've been called to do, to bring him the honor and glory that only he deserves for what he's done for us in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow together for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for that great church in Thessalonica, Greece. We thank you that they persevered, that they endured. They went through so much and we don't even understand the depths of it. We see more details with Joseph and Noah, Jeremiah, Daniel, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We we see more details with Job. Father, we thank you that these, these brothers and sisters of ours in Christ, who are now with you, that they paved a great way for us to continue on in our faith. And we thank you, Father, that the promises that you've made are true. And that because we believe in Jesus and he did all these things for us, dying on the cross for us and rising again so that he could send his Holy Spirit to live in us and give us the, the promise of eternal life and forgiveness of sins, we thank you that our faith is based on something true, something real. We pray for those who haven't, still have not embraced Jesus. They still haven't accepted him. They still haven't received him as your son, the perfect one who died and rose again and will come back to bring all of us home. Father, help them this morning to put their trust in Jesus. But help us who already believe to continue to believe and continue to serve Continue to love and pray that you'd be glorified no matter what we're going through. That we would shine brightly for you and that you would be honored by us, the ones that you have created and then given new life in Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.